Hi there. I'm Nivriti and you've just tuned into Antiquity to Biomimicry Part 2. Another episode dedicated to exploring how our ancestors made the right choice when voting for nature. Speaking of voting, our ancestors voted for a sustainable future through their farming practices. And a typical example of this is the Native Americans when they employed the three sisters agriculture method inspired by polyculture ecosystems. Quick definition, polyculture ecosystems combine different plant species that can coexist and benefit each other. This three sisters agriculture method imitates the diverse and interdependent relationships found in natural polycultures. Just as different plant species coexist in diverse ecosystems, Native Americans planted corn, beans and squash together to replicate these mutually beneficial relationships. But how do these crops benefit each other per se? Well, corn provided support for beans to climb. Beans fixed nitrogen in the soil and squash leaves acted as a natural mulch. much like the way multiple species collaborate in a natural polyculture to enhance the overall ecosystem's health and resilience i know what you're thinking how can imitating a natural ecosystem bring in any profit for us this diversity of crops and the mutually beneficial relationships within the system make it more resilient to changing environmental conditions in times of drought or excessive rain These three crops can support each other unlike modern agriculture methods that are susceptible to damage. This diversity is also great pest control, efficiently uses land and minimizes soil erosion. A penny for your thoughts. The three sisters agriculture method is so named because Native Americans believe that corn represented the tall sister due to its vertical growth and towering stalks. beans acting as the intermediate sister or the middle sister climb up the corn stalks to optimize space utilization while squash serves as the low sister with its broad shade providing leaves covering the soil and suppressing weed growth looks like the three sisters is a pretty well thought out name after all all seeing the incan civilization printed as a big bold heading in your history textbook you would be surprised what you don't know about them they constructed spider silk inspired suspension bridges made of rope called keswakaka spider silk is renowned for its remarkable strength to weight ratio making it one of the strongest natural materials combining the strength of the material itself with how spiders weave it into webs that distribute the stress of an impact and provide stability the incans constructed bridges using grass and straw these fibers were twisted and braided to create sturdy geometric patterns found in spider webs they featured a main suspension rope with smaller ropes forming the walking surface the smaller ropes were then braided together to resemble the radial threads of a spider's web The bridge was anchored on each side of the chasm using stone piers or natural rock formations. The braided ropes were then secured onto these anchors and stretched across the gap, mimicking how spiders anchor their silk threads to create tension in their webs. 
these bridges played a crucial role in the Inca road network, facilitating communication and trade across the challenging terrain of the Andes. A small arachnid ignited a big and successful flame of an idea. Now that's what I call a headline. Time. It's this wondrous thing, but it's scary to think how our ancestors went without quantifying time and seeing it in days, weeks, months and years and yet we know more about our past with the right dates and the right facts. How does this timekeeping happen? Well, one supposed method is the bristlecone pine tree timekeeping or dendrochronology. Bristlecone pines have annual growth rings that are distinct and well-preserved. Because of this, they act as nature's historical record keepers, discreetly marking the passage of time. Their rings serve as a kind of natural calendar, helping scientists precisely determine the age of objects and when events occurred. These rings have significantly improved radiocarbon dating accuracy. And some of these ancient trees have witnessed millennia of history, making them fascinating living relics. Concealed within these rings are valuable insights into past climatic conditions. This invaluable resource aids in solving historical puzzles and establishing the age of ancient artifacts, and helps us learn more of time when time wasn't really a thing. Talking about time makes me think how little of it we've used in trying to improve our solutions with nature's wisdom and how little of it we have left until it's too late. But when time traveling, even if it is for the short duration of a podcast episode, we get to applaud the finer things. I mean, natural calendars? That's admiringly bizarre. But that's Mother Nature at her best. This brings us to now. We've looked at the past, but I think it's time to look at the present and the future. And what I can tell you is that the future holds promising biomimicry discoveries and obviously a new episode. Until then, our voyage of learning from nature is at a standstill.